Matt Williamson is at the league owner meetings. We're going to hear from him and more on today's Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you today? It's been an interesting day, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting 24 hours or so. So just to unpeel things, I had a 6 a.m. flight yesterday, which would be Sunday morning from... Pittsburgh. So I set an alarm for 3.45 a.m. and got oh, no. off. I, I don't like where this is going. Right. Got on a flight a little after six, almost a five-hour flight to Arizona. So we landed here. I'm in Arizona now. This is my hotel room um, at like eight o'clock Pacific and came to the hotel and checked in and really have no sense of time or sleep. Like I slept like two hours at home, maybe an hour and a half on the flight. I got a half hour nap and then, you know, we went out and did stuff. And yeah, this morning we got up at like 545 Pacific so we could get over to the main hotel where everything's happening. We're staying like a mile away. But the, the main hotel was the nicest hotel I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's where the owners are staying, nice. where all the action is. So we get there, and today, uh, Monday, again, I have a hard time remembering what day it is in time because I'm still on Eastern time and haven't slept. The AFC coaches had their breakfast. So there's 16 tables, four by four, all division, you know, divided by division, where the head coach sits down for half an hour or more if he wants, you know, and it's just a round table and a bunch of people sit around them and ask some questions. So a bunch of news comes out of that. And then they have yeah. this awesome breakfast set up that we have after that. And then for Steelers.com, uh, my partner and I, Dale Lawley, do a show nine to noon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we'll go home Thursday. So it's been really interesting, you know, I mean, and everywhere you turn, you know, I got off the air at noon. I had about an hour to kill before I could get a ride back here. And you just kind of roam around the hotel and you'll see GMs getting interviewed in one corner. And, you know, everyone, all the networks are set up all in their all little spaces. And the, 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 the resort, the hotel is just so nice that there's a million beautiful places to do it. And then there's a, a party tonight at seven o'clock where all the owners will be there, all their wives will be there and whoever else. And I'm lucky enough that I'm going to get to go. So I plan on just kind of eating shrimp in the corner and people watching and <laughs> have a Definitely. beverage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a cool experience. It um, is. You, you know, the owner meetings don't get the attention from the, the fantasy community. We've got these series yeah. of off season events, which, you know, kicks off with the combine in, late February, early March. And then of course that's followed quickly by free agency, which we're, um, we're, we're certainly past the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the main portion of the free agency action. And we've got the draft that we're all looking forward to next month, but uh, the owners meetings are, are so important for, for many reasons. Of course, that's where they're talking about any rule changes that might happen. But right, right. Uh, anytime you get, uh, all the league owners, 
coaches, general managers, like everybody that's somebody, including Matt Williamson, is there and (laughs) things are going to happen, right? Things are going to happen. Uh, We see trades get done there. Uh, You know, probably not every year. I assume every agency yeah, has to be. Yeah, we'll see trades get done. We'll see uh, maybe some of the remaining free agents really make a play, especially guys like Odell Beckham and and Zeke Mm -hmm. Elliott, the bigger names. Uh, We can can question their dynasty value at this point, but big names in the sport uh, making a play to to find a team. And the, the scenario that you were describing that you got to attend where these coaches are just sitting around and answering questions, we got some we got some news blurbs from that this morning. Yeah, uh, you know some. Let's came get to from them for one couple- second because I want to just kind of show what I've noticed too. And I bet this party yeah. tonight will be even better because now there's alcohol involved. And you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> but like I'm just sitting there and two GMs walk by and I'm like, what are they talking about? Or yeah. you know, I've seen that like three or four times. They might be buddies. They might have played together in college. They might not even be talking about football. How's your wife? You know, how's you know, how's your bad knee? Whatever, but. Three or four times you see like two head coaches of prominence or two GMs just kind of strolling off on their own somewhere in the distance and wondering, are they talking about a trade? Are they talking about, you know, like, and that's how this stuff works. And, you know, to, to even take it back further, not that I'm special. I'm just here, you know, talking about the Steelers on the radio, but like wide receiver coaches aren't here. And I don't think coordinators are here. It's like head coach, GM, owner. I mean, that's pretty much, and they're like, they're top media guys. And they make a lot of decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got a couple interesting sound bites yeah. from uh, from John Harbaugh this morning, the Ravens coach. Uh, of course, the first one, and and I'm sure the the hottest topic uh, around there in general centers on Lamar Jackson. Uh, we also heard this morning. Again, we're recording this Monday evening uh, that the Lamar Jackson had requested a trade. Uh, Harbaugh says he expects Lamar to be the Ravens quarterback in 2023. Beyond that, has there been much Lamar talk? We're we're starting to hear teams uh, either suggest they might have interest. That's the Colts. We heard that from them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or once again, deny interest. The Washington commanders again said, uh, no, we're, we're out on, on Lamar Jackson. And there was a report from a Colts beat writer that the, the, the contract, uh, demands continue to be an issue. No team is going to give him that fully guaranteed 250 or whatever uh, million that he wants. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I, I haven't heard anything new or the, and anything that anyone else ha- wouldn't have heard. I did hear the news before it became public though, you know, that uh, Lamar's the man of trade. I heard that at like 7am this morning before anybody else knew Yeah, I, I couldn't I didn't do anything about it or whatever. My hunch is people will be mumbling about it around the bars, to, you know, around the pool in the bar tonight and eating their shrimp and their crab and, you know, having those conversations. Maybe some, you know, some more news will come out. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it's crazy that there aren't multiple teams, probably led by the Colts, that should be highly yeah. interested. And, you know, I mentioned that I was at uh, Coach Tomlin's table for breakfast, you know, the breakfast thing. And some people asked him, you know, what do you think of the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. And he basically said, it's nothing to do with me. They're a division rival. I have nothing to do with the Lamar Jackson situation. But but there was some insinuation, like, and maybe the, I don't think Tomlin said this, but some people were talking about, like, who the who, if it's not Lamar, 
what options do the Ravens have as their starting quarterback this year? You know, like, yeah. are you going to get like a Ritter back or are you going to get Minshew back? I mean, like I, I'm, I'm straining. I mean, maybe you get the fourth pick and you take Richardson or Levis, but st- no matter what the Ravens quarterback situation for 2023 is going to be noticeably worse than it is, than it used to be if he's not back. Right. I mean, I don't know. You're not going to land Mahomes. No, I mean, if if Lamar does get out of Baltimore in in some in some way, whatever the path, mm-hmm. then certainly it, it's going to be a downgrade at quarterback. It, there's there's very few uh, players that they could land that would not be a downgrade. So right, yeah, and and we are you know even though we haven't had the draft, we are kind of late in this process. The free agents have have mostly been scooped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they. They do. It does look like they will retain Tyler Huntley, but uh, he hasn't shown enough success to be uh, relied on as the starter. So, yeah, if if there is a trade or if Lamar gets that that contract that he's hoping for from another team, uh, the Ravens are in trouble at quarterback. One thing I throw out there is the three teams that stand out in the league that have made the fewest moves or fewest additions or any kind of help to their team has been Green Bay, Baltimore, and Indy. I think that's kind of telling. I mean, two of those teams are holding the contract of a very expensive quarterback, which is kind of handcuffing their ability to go help the team. And by the time they move those guys, maybe they could trade for DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. But there aren't many options where to use that money. And the Colts didn't spend anything. Does that mean that they're lining up to pay Lamar? That that is becoming, and and we we're, we've seen them uh, projected to take Anthony Richardson in many uh, many recent mock drafts. Uh, it, it would it would be a fun landing spot if they just go for yeah. Lamar and, instead of the rookie here. Um, another quarterback, or, or I guess a trio of quarterbacks that kind of hit the news uh, at the beginning of owner meetings here. Uh, the 49ers trio, of course, uh, recently signed Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, who was a uh, top draft pick just a couple years ago, and uh, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Brock Purdy, who played so well for the 49ers down the stretch. And, you know, he was asked uh, about about these three quarterbacks and how they're being viewed. And uh, 49ers general manager John Lynch uh, said it's it's going to be a competition, a three-man competition. But a couple interesting quotes he had, Brock Purdy has earned the right to start with his play on the field, and that Brock, he called Brock Purdy the leader in the clubhouse in that competition uh, to be the 2023 starter. Of course, that hinges on Purdy's health, but uh, if you were hanging on to Trey Lance in your dynasty league, this doesn't feel so good, Matt. See, I think it's more of a buying opportunity for Lance if his stock just took a hit. And yeah. of, and this is a bit of a projection. What I 99% know to be true is Lance is closer to playing from a health-wise than Purdy. I, I think sure. Purdy is going to miss time. Okay. Um, I think there's still – Brian Peacock and I fight about this all the time. I'm like, I think your boy Lance is getting traded. I think he's going to be a Titan. He's like, no way they can't. I mean, you have to give me three first round picks for him. But I'm like, I I don't think that's the way they want to play. And I do know that Shanahan was kind of infatuated with Darnold coming out of school. And they went and got him like day one of free agency. Like they targeted him. I 
kind of want to put a chip down that the week one starter is going to be Darnold until Purdy gets ready. I, I think that's the way they want to play. And without a first or second round pick, maybe Lance ends up in Baltimore. The more I think about it, you know what I mean? Or something like that, or Indy or the Titans or something like that. I, I do think it's noteworthy how aggressive they were in getting Darnold, who, you yes. know, right now I guess would, would be viewed as their third quarterback, while many other teams don't even have an answer at, at the one hole right now. You know, who's yeah. who's Arizona's starter? We have no idea. Kyler right. almost certainly not ready. Colt McCoy even uh, has been dealing with an injury. His status is uncertain. Arizona does not have a week one starter right now. Uh, and, and there's a few other teams who are, are definitely in rough shape as well. So uh, while other teams are figuring out their one, San Francisco went out and got a third guy who could become even their one on opening uh, opening week, as you mentioned. And we saw it with Purdy. If, if Darnold starts those year in that system, he might look great. I'm like, oh, we can't put Purdy back in. Yeah. You know, like Darnold might be the guy to own. Yeah, not not a bad guy to uh, um, Ash or Keith, you know, to, or, you to know. target as a as a deep option in in those in those super flex leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Good stuff from the uh, league owners meetings. We'll hear more of that tomorrow from Matt, hopefully. Uh, And uh, we're going to continue our rookie preview, rookie profile series. We're talking Sean Tucker today, the running back from Syracuse. We'll do that right after this. Everyone, the tournament is heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Trust me, I use it all the time. So don't miss your shot at the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel to get today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Matt, let's talk about Sean Tucker, the running back from Syracuse. We, uh, we look at, at this guy and uh, there were questions about his size coming into the combine uh, earlier in the month. And ultimately he came in at five foot nine, 207 pounds. And I think that caused some concern about his size. Uh, he is, he is 21 years old, a former three-star recruit, but you just think about, uh, uh, think about that size, five foot nine, 207. I feel like he plays bigger than, than he is. But when you think about that frame, do you think uh, lead back in the NFL? No, I think right. he's more of a Raheem Mostert, Dolphins, Niners, explosive ball carrier. And before I forget, okay. I want to address one thing because you have his stats laid out here, which you're about to tell us about, which are impressive. And he's caught 55 passes over the last two years. And at his size, with that number, I think you would immediately think third down back, receiving back. But I just read this on Pro Football Focus's draft guide. He's dropped 10 of his 73 mm. catchable passes. So yeah. that phase of his 
you know, uh, resume isn't what people think, you know, so I don't think teams will project him to certainly not the Austin Eckler, but the receiving back role. So I think he's got to get his stuff just being explosive North South runner that breaks tackles. Yeah. We're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I know. I know. Uh, I just want... in, in this conversation, that's, that's my fault there, but no, it's my yeah, fault. he feels, he feels a little like a tweener um, mm-hmm, when it comes mm-hmm. to the NFL and uh well, let's, let's, let's talk about those numbers because they were impressive. Comes in as a yep. freshman, like I said, just a three-star uh, recruit coming in, but earned the starting job uh, for Syracuse right away. He was a three-year starter there as a freshman, 626 yards and four scores. I, I think it's notable, only caught eight passes as a freshman. You see these receiving numbers uh, dramatically improve in his three years on campus. His sophomore year, was his best over 1500 yards, 12 scores caught 18 passes for about 250 yards. And, you know, Matt, I I play in these Devi leagues. That was the year where he really put himself on the map from a Mm, Devi standpoint. And, and, and for those of us in those leagues, we start thinking, Oh, this, this guy is going to be somebody we care about. We scoop him up in Devi leagues. We kind of put him on the watch list. If you're, if you're thinking about those leagues that have traditional rookie drafts, and you think future first round NFL uh, or not, I'm sorry, not NFL draft pick, but dynasty rookie pick this kind of pencil him in as we're probably drafting this guy in, in the first round. And at this point we'll, we'll get to the ADP soon, but mm-hmm. uh, I would be surprised if he's a first rounder now. Sure. So uh, it's, it's kind of been downhill value wise since that sophomore season, uh, his junior year, this past season, 204 carries, just over a thousand yards, eleven touchdowns, but his receiving numbers, uh, at least his catches, more than doubled. Uh, Thirty-seven receptions, two hundred sixty-two yards. So he has shown improvement as a receiver. But you're right, the drops still uh, still haunt him. He definitely needs to continue to improve uh, in that receiving game, especially at his size, five foot nine, right, right. and just over two hundred pounds. Um, you talked about the explosiveness, the burst that is there, not necessarily a long speed type guy, uh, but, uh, the initial touch and and coming through that line, he's got that he's, he's solid. He's sturdy. If you watch, you know, if you watch him, uh, we, even if you're just catching some clips on YouTube, I, I think you would be surprised to see that he's just five foot nine. He plays a lot bigger than he is. And, you know, I wondered your thoughts, put that, put that scouting hat on. Would you consider that a, a positive or a negative coming into the league that he, he feels more like, uh, like a lead back, like an every down back, but his size says that's not the case. Good or bad? Um, positive, especially for our purposes in that his style of play, and I'm not wishing this upon him, just seems like, that's why I mentioned Moster. Short career, take a lot of big hits, initiate contact, but you're not built like Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you, 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 he's gonna be on the receiving end more than you would like of the big collisions for his size. But he is built extremely well. I mean, he's kind of muscles on top of muscles, and he breaks yes. a lot of tackles. Yeah. And he certainly doesn't run super high or anything like that, in my opinion. And his burst is very impressive, but. He seems like someone that when the back ahead of him gets hurt and he's got a chance to get 20 carries 
oh, 115 yards on 20 carries and one catch for six, and then he gets in the end zone yeah. twice. And then, you know, five weeks later, he's on the injury report. Or, you know what I mean? Like, but backs are short-lived in our world, so use them while you got them type of deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've talked about the size as as somewhat of a concern already, um, and, and I, I called him a tweener because – I simply feel like he's too small to be that lead back, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have the receiving chops. At least he doesn't right now to be that more traditional third down receiving down back. Um, I just feel like almost any team he lands on, there's certainly going to be a better runner and there's probably going to be a better pass catcher as well already in yeah. that backfield. So we'll see if, if Sean Tucker's able to, uh, carve out a role somewhere. And, uh, you know, as always, draft capital is going to be uh, the the real telling point in what his dynasty value uh, ultimately becomes. We will talk about his pre-draft value right after this. So before we do, I'm going to throw one thing in there, and then I'm going to tell you about Bilt Bar, is if this guy's like a fifth or sixth round pick and you do own him in Debbie, you're thinking about drafting him, Really pay attention to his special teams use because I'm assuming he never played teams at Syracuse. But if he's a heat-seeking missile on kickoff returns, Terrell Davis, you know, like in the preseason, then he's going to get himself a crack because he's never going to be anyone's you know version of a lead back. So if he is being, if you're getting good reports on preseason special teams usage, that might help him and help you more as a, an owner than you think. But uh, I want to tell you guys about Bill Barr. Uh, the Built March Madness bracket is here. You know you have a favorite bar to, or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite. I'll probably be voting for eh, peanut butter I'm going to go with. They're pretty popular in our house. Um, support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing. For 50 lucky locked-on listeners, we'll get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puff delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. So what makes Built puffs and, and bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in delicious 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So, um Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, Matt, let's finish up the conversation on uh, on Sean Tucker here. You look at his current rankings. I, I said he was going to have a hard time. Uh, sneaking into that first round where he was once expected to really be a lock. Uh, he's he's still got a shot. Uh, look at the DLF ranking. He is ranked 11 overall in our single quarterback rookie rankings. He's the RB5 there. Uh, rookie ADP, again, this is one quarterback ADP, 13 overall, RB6. And even in our startup ADP, he is the RB43 being drafted around guys like Alexander Madison Kenny Gainwell and Jamal Williams. So that, that feels like kind of lofty company for me yeah. uh, when it, when it comes to this rookie who I think he, if I think he will end up being a day three pick and, 
uh, as you as you mentioned there before the break, that's that's the real concern in his dynasty value because if he's a day three pick, now he has to land in the perfect spot uh, for us to really care about him, uh, at least in the early going from a dynasty standpoint. Um, I, I know we talked about him being a tweener, maybe having a hard time finding a spot. Uh, do you can you think of any teams where you would be rooting for a guy like this to land? Well, it's funny because you mentioned who he's going around right now. Madison, Gainwell, Jamal Williams, who's now a saint. Madison went back to Minnesota. I think all three of those teams, Vikings, Eagles, Saints, are going to draft a Mm -hmm. third to fifth round running back. I mean, Kamara could be suspended. Cook could be, you know, not even with the team in Minnesota. So, I would rather have all those guys than Tucker at this point, but he may end up with the teammates with one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, you, we like to talk about grinding the mocks and look at some of the mock drafts. You know, certainly Tucker is not b- being projected uh, anywhere near the first round. As I said, I, I think he's probably more like a, uh, a, a third yeah. rounder at best, but probably yeah. a day three pick. And that's, that's going to bite many of these running backs in this range, uh, including the guys who had that name value, that Devi value coming into this draft cycle. And they just seem to have some missing pieces to their game. There's the depth in the running back class, guys like uh, Tajay Spears and Roshan Johnson, Izzy Abanakanda. Those guys have kind of moved up the ranks uh, and, and pushed others down. And we've said the same thing about this tight end class. If the running back group is so deep, why are you taking one in round three when you can get someone similar in round five? You know, why not wait, play that game of chicken, see if you can still get, uh, get someone in that same tier. And ultimately that's how I think NFL teams will, will uh, attack the the draft this year. And we're going to see a lot of these running backs. We like fall to day three. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. This year, maybe more than ever. I mean, there's even Fournettes and Zeeks and guys like that out there you could get for cheap that you know what you're getting, that, you know, at least have pass protected before and things of that nature. So, but as always, there will be Pachecos on day three that get you through the season. And when in doubt in the third round of your rookie drafts, give me all those guys you can and all you need one of them to hit to make it worth your time. You know, you know, injuries will open up. I mean, so... He's certainly of interest, but I, I can't imagine using a first round, you know, rookie pick on him or taking him over one of the top seven or eight receivers. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. That'll yeah. do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, 
Everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.